Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, cat, cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bats. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, October 24th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Radio. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen here on your Monday morning. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Had a great weekend and are ready for some good old-fashioned Kentucky Roll Call Sports Talk radio for the next several days. But in the meantime, at least the next two hours for today. Our producer is Justin Kalen. Scoots, how are you? I'm pretty solid. It was a great weekend, uh, filled with sports, filled with not a whole lot of work. So yeah, it was it was a good weekend. I'm I'm happy to be back for a Monday though. How are you, TJ? Doing doing great. It was uh, also a nice weekend. Didn't was busy, like had stuff to do, but didn't was one of the more quiet weekends in terms of like didn't have stone cold hard set plans so like it wasn't like i was just sitting around doing nothing all weekend but it also wasn't like at like hey at five o'clock we need to leave to go to this place and then at six we got to run and go back to this place so that was kind of nice it was kind of just we we did things as it came to us uh there were some some errands and some chores we needed to get done but uh, I even got a couple, I got a nap, a couple naps on Saturday nice. when, when the baby was napping, catching up on some sleep for the week. And so it was, uh, it was a great weekend. And then the blue white game ended up being, uh, there, there, we got, we got UK content to talk about for today's show and them coming off a of bye week and now no longer bye week. Now it's Tennessee rivalry week, but coming off a of bye week, you're never really sure exactly what you're going to be able to to discuss on the Monday show, but the blue-white game was better than I thought it was going to be for the folks in Pikeville. There was more takeaways than I thought there would be for ultimately a meaningless scrimmage that featured like four people that didn't play in the game for uh, or, or you know a few of those people important a couple of those people first team all SEC players according to the to the preseason rankings but uh, so we will get into that we will talk about uh, we got all week to talk Kentucky and Tennessee 
huge game for the Cats, huge game for Mark Stoops, huge opportunity for Kentucky football, and then, of course, all the other sports from the weekend. UofL had their Midnight Madness scoots, Louisville Live on Friday night. Did you follow along with that at all? No. Why in the world would I have followed along with that? I don't. I don't. Didn't even follow along with Hoosier hysteria. Why would I follow Louisville Live? Because it was. It's an event in town. It's. It, it's going on. It, you didn't see any of the traffic Friday night. It was pretty the traffic uh, downtown. Pretty busy. There was concert too. But you know, you mix everything together. It made for a pretty lively evening in downtown Louisville. You know what? I called a game at Providence on Friday night, and I typically am at Providence for, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes after the game because traffic is just such a nightmare to get out of that place. Traffic on Friday was not bad. I was able to get right in my car and drive on out. I wonder if Louisville Live had anything to do with that. Yeah, yeah. I knew some people that were not going to the concert or Louisville Live. but had. Oh, yeah, Luke Combs as well. I forgot. Yeah, they had dinner reservations downtown, and they were just like, it is a, it's crazy. It's crazy getting down here. You'd think that, uh, you'd think that there's a huge event going on, but I guess there kind of was. Big concert, and then obviously Louisville Live. No, I, I didn't expect you to, to, to watch it wholeheartedly, but there, there was some news. It was quite literally the worst broadcasted sporting event ever. And I'm not saying that to like rivalry, I'm not saying that to, to troll. We had a, a couple friends over, and we were just we had one of our buddies' husband was at Louisville Live, but she came over with the kid and hung out at, at our place. So we were watching it, kind of jokingly, seeing if we could see him on TV. We ended up not seeing him on TV, but we started watching it, and it was almost like addicting. Scoots to like you couldn't turn it off because the broadcast was so comically terrible. Like you would have thought that they were intentionally trying to put on the worst like the event itself if I were a Uval fan and I was at the event I'd probably be like hey that was a good time like yeah maybe a little mm-hmm. boring here or there but everybody got pumped up everybody's excited about the Kenny Payne era their top two recruits ended up not making the trip which put uh, I think a little bit of a damper on the all- overall event but like if I was at the event I bet you probably would have had a nice Friday evening but watching it on TV Scoots during just for a couple examples, although we'll we'll get into some other stuff and maybe we'll we'll circle back around to the Louisville live talk. But a couple examples, Scoots for the three point contest, they just showed on they had like a split box. One they had a shooter on one end and a shooter on another, and they mixed the the girls with the boys, which I thought was a cool idea. And a girl yeah. may have ended up winning the three point contest. Now that I'm thinking about it, but so they had split boxes, one on one court, one on one end, one on the other. And they just didn't show if the shots were going in. They only, they exclusively only showed the releases of the the shots. What? Yeah. I, I, again, you may listen to that and be like, well, who really cares? It was a Louisville. Yeah, but we were just watching it. It was, and I don't know much about a lot of these Louisville players. Not that you can take too much away from uh, a Big Blue Madness or Hoosier Hysteria or a Louisville Live, but it was still something. You still want to. You know, you still want to see some of the guys. We had some Louisville fans watching that were actually pretty intrigued. But yes, if you're wondering who, if the shots were going in or not during the three-point contest, don't worry. Don't watch it. Uh, you're not going to find out. You, they, they, you just had to take their word for it. 
And then they did, which I, I think, again, is a cool event, and I think something maybe Kentucky could consider, but they did, like, a current player, an alumni, and somebody else, and they did, like, a layup is one point, a free throw is two points, and a three-pointer is three points. You have 30 seconds between your teams of three who can, you know, who scores the most points, one team on one end, one team on another. And they just didn't have anybody keeping score during the event. So like after it ended, they'd be like, okay, give us, give us a couple minutes. We got to count them up. It was just, it, I, I what in the hell? Another little thing that was poorly ran. And then when they did the dunk contest and again, I, I've made my feelings pretty clear about the dunk contest. I don't think Kentucky's was exceptionally great. U of L had a layup that ended up getting, um, scored to go to the championship round which was wild i've never seen a lay and it was it was a guy but i've never seen a layup advance in a dunk contest this layup i guess just it was the best of the bunch so it did end up advancing was it like a 360 through the legs or what no it was just like he had missed like 13 other dunks before and time was running <laughs> out so he just went they felt bad one, just went and laid one up and they were like okay well that's the, that's the best score yeah the scoring was kind of weird um Sometimes, like, I will say that was kind of funny. Some of the judges, including Jack Harlow, would just give out like a two. You know, normally you see like the bar, the basement of a dunk contest, like a six. Yeah. Uh, no, they're, they're pretty harsh graders, but that <laughs> ended up, that ended up allowing a, a layup to get into the final round. And then I don't, I, I guess they were just short camera people, uh, cameramen, camera women, because the angle that the camera they were using for the dunk contest scoots, I think was a camera on top of Aegon Tower. It was like you could you again, you just couldn't make out anything really that was that was going on. So um, again, the people that were there said it was a good time and like a good night for U of L basketball, but easily one of the most comically bad broadcasts in the history of sports broadcasting. Uh, so that was that was kind of funny to watch on Friday night. And then again, like I mentioned, you had the blue white game, you had a lot of college football scoots, your Hoosiers came up a little short, unfortunately. Yeah, they did. Knew that was gonna happen. Yeah. And your Steelers, they fought so hard. Yeah, so I actually actually had a money line bet on the Steelers last night. So that was that was pretty harsh. They were at like plus 260 when I bet it, and I had a boost. So I got it at like plus 510. I was like, oh, I'll just sprinkle a little bit on it. Not even thinking that they would have a shot, but man, they played well. Gosh, I thought they were going to get it at the end there. Did you stay up for the whole game? Uh, so admittedly, and this is pretty funny thinking back on it. So I laid in bed, which if you're wanting to finish a sporting event or a show, whatever you're watching, do not lay in bed. So I made it down to the two minute warning and Steelers got the football back. Next thing I know, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and my phone's on 3%. Oh yeah, yeah. it happens. So I, I have no idea what happened the last two minutes of that game. I know we did not win. Uh, you, you you did not, uh, but I can I can relate. Green Bay just absolutely stinks. Jeez. I don't I don't normally bet big on the Packers. I will occasionally. I mean, it's strictly like if I you know if I really think that they're going to cover, then I'll bet them. But more times than not, I may think, like, I think they're going to cover. But you know what? I'm going to bet the other team is a good old-fashioned emotional hedge. I've talked about that here on Kentucky Roll Call. 
multiple times over the last several years. Uh, I'm no stranger to the emotional hedge when it comes to my teams. But I've really felt good about the Packers yesterday. Not that I think that like we are a good team by any stretch of the imagination, but I figured that the Pack Attack would get it together against the Commanders with a backup quarterback. Pure and- Heineke. And uh, which I think Heineke is probably better than Carson Wentz for what it's worth. Maybe so. Yeah. Just throwing that one out there. But that being said, it's still a backup quarterback in the NFL, whether it was Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't lose that game. Um, and that was really embarrassing. So not only did they lose, I lost a decent amount of money. I've been on a real hot streak in gambling, but uh, certainly gave some of it back there. And then Green Bay scores down three. All you need is a field goal to win and they just can't even get the ball back in a timely manner. And then when they do, just nothing nothing going. So uh, that stunk. That was a, uh, a bummer. And I feel like the Packers are trending in a very, very, very bad direction. And when you have a really old quarterback, you don't really know exactly what that may mean. But uh, So that was disappointing, both from a Green Bay losing standpoint and me losing money as you well. You should have so, won with should have went with the emotional hedge. It was funny because I had some friends over on Saturday. Um, we were watching. I had UFC on one TV and then the Indiana game on another TV. And that one of them made a comment like, look, Justin, your Hoosiers are, are making a fight for it. And I just looked at her. I was like, yeah, I don't need that. She was like, what do you mean? I was like, I bet on Rutgers. She was like, you bet against your team? I was like, have every single week this college football season. So, yeah, I, I get the emotional hedge for sure. Yeah, not uh, not a not a terrible week for our gambling picks, all things considered. No. Uh, I I think you went two and one, but didn't get your lock. Correct. I went two and one, did get my lock, and Roush went one and two, but got his lock. So I'm catching him. Well, no, oh you didn't. yeah, I didn't. Dang it. Two points to two points, but he didn't he didn't extend his lead on you. <laughs> That's a good way to look at and it. And you know what's more important? I extended my lead over intern Jacob. You did. You're up a comfortable four <laughs> points on him. So he'd have to have a perfect week, and you'd have to go over. And by the way, he texted me, intern Jacob, I'm starting I, starting to worry about him a little Uh-oh. bit. Because he, he texted me on, what do you say? I may as well pull it up, right? Get it right? Yeah, got to get it right. In, that's what they teach in journalism. <laughs> if you can't trust us, who can you trust? He says, all right, I'm on fall break Monday and Tuesday. So I'll text Scoots and I'll hop on one of those days. Huh. Haven't heard anything. And let me check my calendar today. Yeah, today is Monday. Monday. Today is Monday. <laughs> uh, I guess you never know. Maybe we'll see Olin. And the thing is, he can't just surprise. Like, he, he, he's got to get a link to the chat. He can't just hop on. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. So he has to. He literally has to text me if he wants to jump in. And yeah. at this point, should we let him in? Yeah, I think just so we could give him a good old fashioned talking to, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Well, did you watch any of the baseball over the weekend? Uh, no. Everybody listens to KRC for the baseball analysis. Nope. I was not a baseball guy this weekend. There was way too much going on to be watching baseball. MLB just said, you know what? These championship series, we're going to get them done real quick, if that's no okay. No kidding. If everybody's all right with that. We're just going to, you know what, gentlemen sweep in the NL, AL, just a good old-fashioned suck it to the Yankees, four and done. Uh, I'm no Astros lover by any by any means, but I do love seeing the Yankees get swept. Uh, I had a bad feeling in the summer that the Yankees may win the World Series, and uh, happy to see that that's not going to come to fruition. But 
a Phillies Phillies Astros World Series. Does that do it for you, Scoot? Mm, no, I mean the only thing that excites me about that is the fact that Kyle Schwarber plays for the Phillies and he's a Hoosier. That's literally all I'm excited about. Yeah, I, I'm. I like places where it's going to be like a huge deal to the town. And in, in the Philly, NL, it is. And in NL, whether it was been San Diego or Philly, it would have just been a huge deal. So I kind of like that. And then obviously, you know, in New York, it's a big deal as well. That's not to say it's not. But like Philly, you're going to have people just roaming the streets after every win in the playoffs and partying and doing all that stuff. Houston, I don't know. I don't think you think when you think of great baseball towns, I'm not sure Houston comes to mind first. But boy, whether cheating or not cheating, they have been the team probably of the last 10 years. uh, Really, really dominant and a lot, a lot of playoff wins. So they head back to... The World Series, yeah, I don't think the Astros have lost a playoff game this year, Scoot, so they would, I would imagine, have to be your favorites in the World Series, but uh, we'll see if Philadelphia's got anything up their sleeve. How How about the Yankees not even going to the World Series and had more strikeouts in a postseason than any team ever? Wow, it's really embarrassing. Bad time to be a Yankees fan, I guess. They had one game, I think it was game three, they had 17 strikeouts, the Astros had like two. Man. Hard to win a game like that. Isn't uh, isn't Mike Rutherford, who does the Mike Rutherford show, 3-6 to six on Big Experts Radio, isn't his best friend the hitting coach for the Yankees? Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe we should blast him today. I mean, I don't I don't want to blast somebody's friend, but that's leading. I wonder what Rutherford will have to say about he, that. He literally has one job, help the guys hit, and they didn't hit. I think they had two hits in game three. Ugh, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, in, in all seriousness, I'm sure Mike's friend is a great guy, but in more seriousness, I just I love it coming from the Yankees. I just one of those easy teams, easy to hate, and especially yep. as a Red Sox fan, I uh, not my least favorite baseball team. I always am quick to say that I, I dislike the Rays a lot more. And if Trevor keeps it up, I think the Blue Jays may even be <laughs> they may even rank because the difference. And I, and I say this, and you've maybe heard me talk about this before. The difference is. I mean, there's no denying that the New York Yankees are a dominant baseball franchise. Like, they're obviously the the class of the MLB. Well, how many championships do they have? Twenty seven. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's that's insane. Like, but when really was their But when was their last one? Long time ago. Do they have one since two thousand nine? I don't think so. I think that was their last one. Yeah, I think it may have been as no, I think they got one more since then. But regardless, yeah, it, it, certainly they're fewer and further between since the 21st century. Um, but they sure did dominate the 20th century. Not too many people can can argue that. So I can at least, you know, they're they're good. I'm not. I think you'd have to be a total bozo not to at least admit that the Rays are not good, and the Blue Jays are not good. But they, their fans, and whenever they have like a semi-competitive season, you'd think that they're just God's gift to the MLB as the Rays have 40% capacity for pretty much all their games. So those are the teams I dislike the most. But that being said, always good to see the Yankees go down. And there's your baseball analysis for the next, what, Scoots, six months? Yep, at least. By the yeah. way, 2009 was their last championship. Okay. So have not been great as of late. But they yeah. still got all that money. They're still buying whoever they want. Just have not been producing on the field. That is that is kind of the the interesting thing about baseball. 
uh, how much money you can spend, and it doesn't really mean much. And sometimes you'll get teams that don't spend a lot of money at all, and they uh, they'll they'll have some some good seasons, some magical runs. Uh, did have one, did have another weird baseball point that I was going to make, but we'll move past it. I don't think people really care about the the baseball talk. <laughs> I don't think they do. I do think they're going to care about some blue white analysis. And Scoots, uh, again, I'm sure you did not watch this. I actually low-key forgot about it, for being honest. Well, you know one thing about this radio show is we're going to be honest to the listeners. Absolutely. But I have looked up the box scores. I know a little of what happened. I was getting ready to start the highlight video. Just wanted to make sure we were on break so it didn't bleed over just in case that happened again. Um, so, yeah. Well, we're going to – I really do think there are some real takeaways. Felt so good just watching Kentucky basketball, too. Uh, seeing some of the new guys, which the blue-white game, when you didn't have Wheeler and you didn't have Oscar and you didn't have Lance, it made it kind of cool. It gave the newer guys or people that were not as used to seeing uh, gave an opportunity to be able to get to see more of them, see what kind of progress some players have made since getting to watch them in the Bahamas about a month and a half ago, two months ago, however long it's been now at this point. Uh, so it was – and then, of course, the – that was the basketball side of things, which obviously kind of goes to show where my focus is. But that is not to forget and exclude the charity aspect of Saturday night, just the event, the history I think that was made. Uh, I, I think people will talk about when UK went down to Pikeville and nearly raised, uh, I think it ended up being $161,000, $162,000. Uh, I, there's a part of me that just wants to round up and say like nearly 200,000, but that's maybe a little bit of a reach because you're still about $30,000 short on that. But that was just for a weekend. And this is, you know, this is not to forget the already what million, $2 million that they have already raised mm -hmm. earlier. Uh, so to have the governor down there and UK basketball players, the ones who organized this, put to put this together, whose idea it was to be able to hand him a check for $162,000, uh, all going directly to the communities surrounding the arena that they were playing the scrimmage in last night or on Saturday night. That was a really cool UK basketball moment that had nothing to do with play on the court or anything going on with X's and O's. So uh, we'll talk more about that. We'll we will talk about the X's and O's. Obviously, that's what I'm pumped up to talk about. But that's not to forget what a cool, cool evening it was in Pikeville on Saturday. We'll come back. Do not go anywhere. You're going to want to hear us talk some blue white, who stood out, who played well, maybe some head scratching play elsewhere. We're going to get to all of it. This is Kentucky roll call on big experts. Radio. Roll DJ call. Caleb. We'll be right back. What's it gonna do? When Kentucky Roll Call. Walker and Roush. Run wild on you. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen, our radio producer, on your Monday morning. Nick Roush is raising a kid, so he is out. And uh, happy one week to little Francis. Week old. Do, do we have any idea when he's coming back? We sure don't. We sure don't. 
Roush is he's a mysterious fella. I bet one day he'll just be back. It's his fraternity leave. We can't tell him how to live it. Yeah, he's Russian. He's doing his own fraternity leave. We we cannot. Scoots, what happened to the music going to the commercial break the last the last go around? Did did yeah, our listeners know. get to hear it? And we yes. didn't, or did nobody yeah. hear it? Yeah, no, listeners heard it. It went out over air, but for whatever reason, it was static for us. I'm not real sure. But we're hearing the rejoins. So I'm I don't really understand what's happening here. No, just one of life's big X mysteries, huh? Be a big bummer if we can't hear the music, you know. You know one place you can hear the music, and this actually is totally 100% true? Thornton's in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they blast cool. some music. They do. It really does feel like you're just, like, leaving, like, a movie. You know, you got your coffee, you got your donuts, somebody probably gives you a nod, you do, like, a little finger gun at them, like, have a good day, buddy, and just music is blaring in the background, and your head bobbing, and you're just, you're, you're feeling good. That's what Thornton's can do. It's the best way to get your day started. It's really the most excellent way to get your week started some people drag on mondays we totally understand let thornton's fresh hot coffee get you going get you back where you need to be we love thornton shout out to kelly leonardo and alex cupper but i'll be going i'll be going today to purchase a red bull why specifically red bull the inventor died yesterday how about that oh man this man amassed 25 billion dollars and then just passes away well, that's what people do. Did it was it was he old? Not really. He was only like seventy three. I mean, that's not like Queen Elizabeth old. So he he had a lot more years to go. Yeah, the the my parents have asked me before if I think certain ages are old, and I I mean when I say my parents, it's my mom, uh, and I know what she's doing, obviously, <laughs> but. Let me ask you this, Scooch. Do you is your perception of age has it changed the older you get? Absolutely. Like, you, like yeah. you, you just said, you just said seventy three wasn't old. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not. I totally agree with you. Like I, you know, I don't think seventy three is old either. Like I think if you hear somebody pass away at seventy three, you would say, well, you know, hopefully they had a good life. It could have been a lot shorter. So, like, 73 is not the worst spot that you could be at, obviously. But, yeah, you know, I I, I, I don't look at 73 like I did when I was 15. I can tell but, you that. Much. So, for me, it's also changed more so than age being a number or number being an age, whatever you want to say. It's To me, being old is all about your physical condition, you know. So, if you have, like, an 85-year-old that's still walking around his farm and chopping wood every day, I don't, and he's in good health. I don't think that's old either. Like, if you're still able to live your normal life, no matter how old you are, it's not old. You're not old until you can't do things by yourself, is my yeah. thinking. The old age is just a number adage. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and there's obviously truth to that. Uh, did the Red Bull guy, and I'm not this, I'm not I'm not making light of this. Did was it anything heart related? <laughs> I thought you were going to go with, did he use his wings to fly up to heaven? Um, no, no, I don't, I don't think it was anything heart related. No, but Just I didn't, I didn't read into it too much. Yeah. I, well, we wish him, wish him well. I, I, that's nice of you to honor him by getting a Red Bull today. I just, I do think it'd probably be a newsy headline if it was like Red Bull founder dies of massive heart attack. But you think he drank right. it? Probably not, right? 
drank 1900 Red Bulls over the course of 20 years. Although that really probably wouldn't even be all that much, all things considered, with the way some people probably take them back. Now, now I kind of want to. Now I kind of want to break down the math on it because it's going to bug me. <laughs> nineteen hundred. Oh yeah, that's nothing. Nineteen hundred Red Bulls over twenty years. That'd only be ninety-five Red Bulls a year, Scoots. Yeah, that's about what I drink. You drink really. ninety-five Red <laughs> no. Bulls? No, maybe, maybe, maybe fifty. Maybe that would be having a Red Bull once every three to four days. Ooh, that's not that far off. It's it's not. Oh gosh, that's, that's still a lot of sugar going into your heart, though. Yeah, but I stopped drinking sodas, so now Red Bulls are my sodas. <laughs> Makes double sense, jeopardy. right? Yeah, double yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, text on into the Thornton's text line. We're just having fun. Thoughts and prayers to the Red Bull owner. Does he have a name? Scoot. I uh, don't know his name. Forgot. This is just a train wreck of a segment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gosh. Oh, anywho, uh, enjoy that Red Bull at Thornton's. They have plenty of them. And we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line. Always fun to read the text line after a weekend. Not as many blue-white texts as I thought. There are some, uh, but I thought that there would be probably more. Scooch, maybe people are like you and just forgot about it. Others didn't want to have to go through the hassle of SEC plus streaming. It was no hassle for me, but I guess some people have some issues with that. Uh, But it was a lot of fun. It, It was a good game. Some players stood out, and it ended up coming down to the wire. You had, Scooch, you said you you picked the white team, or as Dick Gabriel during the broadcast called them every time, the whites. He did not. He did. He did. Uh, It was like Game of Thrones. It's like, Rhaenyra, the greens are coming for you. He would just say, oh, another basket for the Whites. The Whites running their offense. Real nice. It reminded me of the South Park. Nobody cares what the Whites think. Was, uh, he, doing, no. was he doing it on the other side, too, like the Blues? He, he, yes, he was. Okay. He, yeah, he was doing it, the Blues and the Whites. But uh, they were the Blues and the Whites. But I would say White was probably like a 15-point favorite, if not even more than that. And... The white was a 15-point favorite, I should say. And Blue had a shot at the at the ch- at the horn to be able to tie it up, had a few other chances, uh, and they were up big, or not up big, but they were up a few points late in the game. A quick breakdown of the, the rosters. The white team was Cason Wallace, Jacob Toppin, Damian Collins. Uh, they had some walk-on and Chris Livingston. And the blue was Antonio Reeves, Adute the Arrow. Um, no, the other, the white, CJ Frederick was not a walk on. Apologies to CJ Frederick. He was the, <laughs> the player on the white team, um, but a white, a white fella. The blue team had more of the walk ons, like Walker Horn, Kareem Walker. Three walk ons. Some of those, some of those guys. But they were led by Antonio Reeves and Adute the Arrow, and then Uganda Kingsley Onyenzo. That was so you you look at those rosters and you'd think to yourself, like, okay, the, the, the white team is significantly better. Five scholarship yeah. players, maybe a couple NBAers. Um, but, but they don't have any bench. So well, neither team really had a bench, but if you did, it was like one walk on, so it didn't really matter so much. <laughs> but I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but no, it ended up being a really good game. They were they were going back and forth. It was competitive, it was like good competitive spirit to it. It wasn't like the blue or it wasn't like the the exhibition they do at Big Blue Madness where it just turns into basically a dunk contest and nobody's playing defense. 
there was actual defense. There was actually contested, like people going up trying to block dunks. And then if you watched it, I think you would agree with me. And I'm talking collectively to our listeners because Scoots forgot about it, and that's okay. But if you watched it, Aduthi Arrow and Chris Livingston, that seemed like slightly personal. Like they really were going at it, Scoots. Uh, they like to the point where I think they're even talking a little ish to one another, as the kids say. So that was really fun to see. And I think anybody on the Thornton's text line would agree with me, but a the arrow won the matchup for a guard going against a big, long, lengthy future NBA forward. A the arrow got the best of that matchup and not that Chris Livingston didn't do some good things. He certainly did. As Lucy is saying hello to everybody this morning. Uh, and Duke Arrow did, you know, a lot of nice things. Chris Livingston did as well, but I think you were just expecting to be more impressed with Livingston. And if you were anything like me, I came away being more impressed with Adu. We need to have a serious conversation and discussion about the future of Adu Thierro on Kentucky's team this season, Scoots. Mm-hmm. But especially for next season, because you're going to have DJ Wagner, you're going to have Dillingham, you're going to have Justin Edwards, you're probably going to have CJ Frederick. How, where, where does the Duthi Arrow fit in with that group? Well, because- that's, I mean, I think when you look at this blue white game and you said he went head to head with Livingston, I think Thierro is one of those players that realizes, well, hey, on this year's team, I'm I'm kind of on the bottom, so I've got to show out. I mean, we saw it in the Bahamas. He played really well. And then now this game, he played really well. So I think he, he probably realizes he's on the bottom and needs to do something special each time on the floor to crack that, to even crack the rotation. But I think I've. I think I said it after Bahamas. I think I think the arrow plays this year more than more than just a couple minutes a game. I, I don't know how you're not going to be able to keep him on the floor again. This was a blue white scrimmage, but I you, you, you gotta you gotta take me for my word here. They were playing really really hard. The arrow was on a team where if like Antonio Reeves wasn't scoring scoots, it was going to really have to be him. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like he was forcing shots that were bad shots and. He was making threes, like step back, contested threes. He was going in and going up against Livingston's body and drawing contact and finishing over top of him. He he looked like an NBA guard. And again, this was just one scrimmage. You take away some of the like it's just he looked really, really good in the scrimmage. Uh, Antonio Reeves ended up winning the MVP. And again, between him and between him and Thierro, somebody had to do all the scoring, but. You come away more impressed with the arrow. Uh, again, Reeves was awesome, but we expected that. But the arrow, the way he scored in so many different ways, was truly really cool to see, surprising to see. And yeah, I think you can even make a case on this year's team. He's going to see the floor. Uh, just I, I don't how many minutes. And he was a little careless with the ball. He had some turnovers. It seems like handles could be a little bit of an issue for him. But this season, I think you'll see him play, and I think you'll see some really cool things. But what it means for next year, that's anybody's guess because it, it certainly seems like some people are going to get squeezed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and Reeves, wasn't he – didn't he win MVP in the Bahamas? He did. Uh, yeah, oh, he, okay. he, he is undefeated on MVP trophy since he has been a Kentucky Wildcat playing in competitive games where they give away MVP trophies. So Yeah, 
pretty yeah. awesome. And what do you, what do you finish with? Do you if you still have the box score pulled up? Twenty seven points, I think, or something yeah. like that. Twenty seven points, eight of nineteen on field goals, five of twelve from three. I think you look at those three point numbers, five of twelve, not the greatest number, but it's over forty percent. And I think you take that every time he plays. No. No, yeah, you 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 would you would certainly take it. Um, and then blue white scrimmage like this, it's not necessarily a great marquee showcase for bigs. They don't normally like, and they and they did do some post touches. Collins and Toppin did some things that you liked, but we've seen more of those guys. Um, so I guess it wasn't as big as a deal to see them do some good things, and uh, I, I really no major issues in terms of bad things from those guys. Uh, I'd want maybe Damian Collins to be like a little bit more assertive, but again, blue white game maybe not the time or place for it. Jacob Toppin knocked down some shots. I think him being able to spread the floor, extend the floor is going to be really important to this team. So you saw a little bit of that. That was nice to see. Cason Wallace running the show. I think my biggest takeaway from him, he'll be fine. I've got no issues at all with him. I honestly like seeing his ability to, to shoot and to just pull up even when at times contested. So uh, I, I was happy to, to see what I – or I liked what I saw from him. Again, in these situations, it's always the case for blue-white games. You're usually probably going to notice players you're not as familiar with more, and that's why uh, you're going to – Kingsley Onyenzo stood out as well. You can Mm -hmm. tell it's not all there for him. I don't think you're going to see him get a lot of minutes this season, but if he's the future five for UK, you can't teach that size, length, or athleticism. I mean, he stood out on the floor just from the way he looked. He even made Damian Collins and Jacob Toppin look little, which is not an easy task to do. And he's got several inches on Oscar, not that Oscar played in the game, again, dealing with that injury. Him, Lance Ware, Wheeler, they were out. Maybe one more guy was out, but uh, those three are the, the ones that instantly come to mind. But you got to you, gonna see more of him next year, I can tell you that much. He, uh, he was impressive in a small sample size. Again, if you had to plug him in this year to be your starting five, no thank you. I think Kentucky would have some issues if that were the case. He's too raw. But if you have him learning from Toppin, Collins, and most importantly, the, the returning national player of the year, he should be ready to rock and roll when you're going to ask more of him next season. This season, Scoots, you'll see him on the floor, and I think he'll do some cool things, definitely in garbage time. If there's more injuries, which seem like it's already a little bit of an issue to start this season, then I think you'll see more of them. But 23-24 is, I think, where you really will see him shine. So not only has Calipari done an amazing job getting us all excited for this upcoming season, as we all know and expected, uh, he's done a really good job building the future for UK in an interesting way as well, where he's going to be really freshman heavy next year, but he's still going to have a a decent blend of some returning pieces. And then if he needs to plug in place, he could always go to the portal, but I don't know how much of a necessity the portal is going to be. Maybe you could go get one player if you feel like you need a four or something like that, but they seem like they're going to be pretty loaded one through, I mean, really throughout the entire roster. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have Bradshaw as well. So uh, him and him and Uganda are going to be really fun to watch play together. But getting ahead of ourselves, looking at next season, but it's hard not to do that when you see so many young guys look good in a game that you weren't anticipating them to look so good in 
uh, it, it does make you think about the future of Kentucky basketball. So good setup for the next at least a uh, couple seasons, Scoots. Yeah, and for me, it's it's kind of hard to judge from this game, not not only for the whole team, but for the big specifically with Oscar and Lance being out and then Wheeler as well being out. So it, it, it's I kind of read over these stats from this game with a grain of salt. I mean, Onyenzo, great game. UKO came to play six of nine from field goals. He hit two for two from free throw line. So yeah, great game. But like you said, you might see him a few minutes this year, but he's not going to be one of the key rotation guys, which I don't know, maybe he could, could he play his way into that spot with the depth that Kentucky has at the, at the big positions. I don't, I don't think so, but maybe, I mean, maybe it's a possibility. Same thing with the arrow. No. Yeah, no. And the arrow almost think has a better chance that you'll see on the floor this year actually playing meaningful minutes than you would with onions. Uh, you gonna onionzo Kingsley. Um, they were calling him pretty much all three on Saturday night, but <laughs> we were told it's going to be onion onions uh, onionsa. So uh, I think we'll we'll roll with that. But just because of the depth, front court's just too loaded. Now, if Oscar's mm-hmm. injury ends up being something more severe, or Lance's injury is severe then that's going to obviously open playing time for you going to. But I think the arrow, you've got Wheeler and Kaysen most likely going to be running the show, and then you'll have Reeves. If I'm Frederick, who I actually think I thought looked solid, I don't know if they're still kind of being cautious with him, but uh, that was a pretty taxing and demanding game. You know, no subs really, and they were playing, they ended up playing I think about 30 minutes running clock there in the second half. But that's not easy to do, run, run up and down the floor for 30 minutes straight. Uh, he looked solid. He looked good. But he's somebody that if the arrow keeps improving and we feel like he's only kind of scratching the surface, that could be that, that you know, C.J. Frederick needs to step up. He's got he's to make a way, find a way to get him on the floor. So I do think there is probably a better chance for Adu to find more meaningful minutes than you're going to. But both of them, I think, were were pleasant surprises for U.K. fans on Saturday evening. And then if you have to take a negative, uh, again, I will say it 15 more times that we are, we admit that we're overreacting to one exhibition scrimmage, but it was not nothing. Like it, it actually was content that, that that's why they do these games. So we can, so we can't overreact to them. Scoots. I wasn't blown away by Chris Livingston. I, I, I still think his versatility is intriguing to me. And I think that there's some mystery about how I could even make a case like in five or six years, like what, what does this game look like? What is his mm-hmm. style? What is he good at the NBA? What is he not good at in the NBA? I've got no idea. He's a tough player to try to map out and try to figure out exactly what he's going to look like when he's closer to a finished product. He ain't there right now. Uh, again, having a dude, the arrow, somebody much smaller, not much smaller, but smaller than he take it to him and go attack and go after him and be successful. Wasn't really a great look for Livingston. Livingston also airballed a free throw, which is never what you're looking for um, at any point during a game. And then he just, he, he probably looked more like a freshman than anybody else there on the floor, which breaking news, he is a freshman. Um, And and he was put on a team where they were kind of going to him. He was on the wing. 
outside of again, it's not really like a big man oriented game, so they weren't throwing it down on the block to Toppin or Collin. So a lot of it was Livingston out on the wing trying to create for himself, and it was just a little sloppy. It 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 kind of fed into some other concerns I have about Livingston. Just what what are you? What are you going to do? Like what what do you bring that's different than what some other people can bring? And I don't think we got that answer on Saturday, and that's okay. Um, we have exhibition games to figure it out. You have plenty of early season tests against quality opponents, which, you know, if he shines in one of those games, it's going to change perception around him. And then you get some cupcakes early on in the season too, where maybe those will be better suited for him. He can get more minutes, figure it out on the floor. But I definitely have a concern about, if I had to guess somebody that I think ends up not getting nearly as many minutes as they think they're going to get, it'd probably be Chris Livingston. And oh, yet, that's 100%. It's a, after a small sample size, we've got the Bahamas to take into it as well. But that's uh, that's who I would lean towards, just because Wallace is going to play, Wheeler's going to play, Antonio Reeves is going to play. Uh, we know what the, we know that Toppin and Collins and Oscar are going to play, and then it's kind of like, can a do be that wing? Is CJ Frederick that wing, or could it be could it be a Livingston? Um, I don't know, but that that's one player that I think I'm going to be – it's going to be really interesting to see how they progress. Do they get lost in the shuffle? Do they get buried on the bench and not be able to find their way out? But he, he's one person I, I think that uh, is maybe a little bit behind from preseason expectations. But that's just I, one man's opinion. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, Scoots. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, Livingston's always been that player for me ever since this this team was been – has been put together. Like you had those people that are like, oh, Livingston's going to start. I've, I've just never felt that. I, I never have felt that Chris Livingston will start for this team. Can he be an important piece coming off the bench? Absolutely. But is he a starter from day one? Like a lot of people were saying, I don't think so. I mean, I, just the, and I mentioned it last week, just the riches of basketball talent that Kentucky has is, is kind of sickening when we're talking about a player like Chris Livingston who starts for, 95% of college basketball teams and he's not going to start for Kentucky. Like there's there's three or four players like that on this team that would start for any other program that are not going to start. Now who that may be at the end of the day, we'll we'll find out because there is going to be a lot of movement in terms of, of of the lineup, but yeah, it's it's just crazy how rich Kentucky is in basketball talent. It it, it is a loaded team now. So loaded. It just you you still got to figure out how it all fits and who works well with one another. Another thing that I think you just got to remember is that like Cal does an amazing job with it, but there are egos. People may find themselves in a role that they didn't think they were going to end up in. It may not make them happy. As always, you have outside voices. You could have a mom. You could have a dad. You could have an AAU coach telling these players, "Why aren't they playing you? You need to be playing more. You need to go tell them that you need to be playing more." And if you're not, if they're not going to do it, you may just have to consider your other options. Like you'll, you, you have that stuff happen throughout every single college basketball season, and it does happen at Kentucky too. Just Cal has been like a mastermind in making sure it doesn't really reach the surface or bubble over. There have been a few times, and you, you've probably—I'm sure some fans have heard some stories. But in the whole, with as much talent as they have coming in, people that legitimately have been told for the last ten years that they're going to be NBA superstars, and nobody's ever told them no. Cal has done a great job with it, but every single year, you still have to 
ask about it. You still have to worry about it. You still have to wonder about it. And this year is no different. And Scoots, a little inside source, a little behind the scenes from somebody that kind of followed Adu Thierro's college career. High school career? Yeah, excuse me, thank you. Uh, High school AAU career, I should say. They say that he is... His competitive spirit, on one hand, drives him to be a better player, but also isn't the most loved by some teammates from time to time. AK, what I was told is like he thinks he's the man and wants to have the man mentality when out on the floor. I've got no issue with that. I think some people could hear me say that and say, be like, oh, so you're saying he's a headache. So you're saying that he 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 thinks he's better than he actually is. I think you can cross that line and it is a thin line. I think it can happen, especially when you're talking about a 17, 18, 19 year old kid. Um, that being said, it was fun to me more from like a drive standpoint. Like he he is fearless. He is confident. He's not, he's going to go out there. And even though he may be the ninth man on this team, when you see him go out there, he's going to play as hard as if he is the superstar of the team, but he will be one player. And I think Cal even had a quote after the game saying, did you see me out there? How are you not going to, how are you not going to play me? Something along those lines. Cal tweeted it out again, the exact wording of it. Don't hold me to it. But it was something along those lines. When I saw that quote, it made me think back to that conversation I had with the guy that, again, followed his high school and AAU career um, a hell of a lot closer than I did, and I think most people probably in the state did. And I thought back to that, and I thought, all right, this dude, he's going to be – I don't know if it's going to be this year. I think it probably will be. But he's going to demand some minutes, like whether quite literally or just with his play when you see him go out there for two- to three-minute stretches. I think he's going to do enough good things where he's going to be expecting some minutes. Again, I don't think it's going to be like a tip-the-boat-over sort of situation for this season, but I will wonder if, let's just say, he plays a reserve role. He you know, he has a couple good games, but it's you're talking about like six, seven, 15 minutes off the bench. It's a little sporadic. It's inconsistent. I think maybe he could be okay with that for a season, but would he do it again? Would he be behind? Would he comfortably be coming off the bench for a following season? Again, we've got so much basketball. This stuff is going to get itself figured out, and we'll have a lot better idea about it. But this is the time for speculation, folks. This is this is the the time and place to do it. But that was one thing I found interesting about the era that I wanted to share with the radio show. Super competitive dude, really, really competitive. And you saw it on Saturday. He was taking it to Chris Livingston, pretty much for for. It wasn't a 40-minute game, but it felt like a 40-minute game. So, well, And so two things on that. A, number one, that will ideally drive and motivate the other players on this team. If, if he's constantly got that, that dog mentality and is working his butt off any moment he steps on the floor, that will motivate Kentucky's other players. And two, that could be a really good thing moving forward in season because that's the type of player that is just going to rub people on the other team the wrong way, you know, get under their skin, get them all hot headed. Maybe they do something stupid and get a technical or whatnot. So that that's a really important guy to for Kentucky to have, whether he plays four minutes a game or whether he plays 16, you know? And that's a, that's another beautiful thing. We need to end hour one. Absolutely flew by, but we don't worry. We've got a whole another hour coming up, but that could be a beautiful thing about this team is that like, all right, you start Wheeler, Wallace, 
let's just say Reeves and then whoever Toppin and Oscar. And then you you play five minutes, six minutes, however long you play, and then you bring in a CJ Frederick, which a whole defense will have to say, like, hey, you cannot let that like extend out towards him. You cannot let that guy get any breathing space. You bring in a Thiero, who, again, he just went and took it at one of the top freshman recruits in the country in a blue-white game who is bigger than he is and look like a star going and doing it. You bring in Collins, who may be one of the most athletic players in college basketball. He's coming off the bench as well. Um, let's see. Who else am I forgetting? I'm sure, Reeves. there's other people as well. But I, I included Reeves as a starter. But th- that's what you would have coming off the bench. That's tough. Like that's that's that, that. You know, while other teams coming off the bench, you may have like a a not ranked in the top one fifty three star. Kentucky's got these people coming off, ready to rock and roll. It's going to be a really really fun season with a really deep team. But it fit matters. How everything connects, you got to wait till the actual games to figure that stuff out. So don't go anywhere. Hour number two of Kentucky roll calls coming up next is TJ Walker and Justin Kalen, and we'll be back. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Radio. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen, the little two-man crew here on your Monday we really do appreciate you listening along. Kentucky Roll Call goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay of the show, 9 to 11. Remember, you can text into the Thornton's text line anytime it suits you. We will do our best during 3 to 6. Rutherford, they get a ton of texts into their show. Very popular radio show because they are good fellows that put on some good radio. Uh, we'll even do our best between the 3 and 6 o'clock hour to find your text. But anytime, we'll you send them in. We'll get them on over. We appreciate all the podcast listeners out there. You can find Kentucky Roll Call Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just Google it, search for it, or wherever your platform is, just search for us. There, remember, you can tell your Alexa and your Siri to play Big X Sports Radio. We love the Big X. You do as well. And that's why there's so much great original local programming. Scoots, I forgot on Friday to give you a word of the week for Beers with Spears. You did. Yeah, it, it was funny because Spears actually came into the studio early that day. And he goes, so what's the word today? And I was like, John, I don't have one. But even if I did, I'm not going to tell you. That's a great answer on your part. I do love that Spears is a part of it. I was yeah. golfing Friday, so I, one, wasn't able to listen, and two, my uh, my mind was in another place. How'd you play? Good. Like, good. I liked the way I played. Uh, shot a 90, which I know there's good golfers out there actually listening, and they're like, you're you're – you're getting conflicted about a 90. What a loser, which is totally true <laughs> and fair. But like I I shot, what, a 44 on the front, and I was happy with it. But on the back, I had two triples and shot a 46. Ooh. Yeah. So like, you know, just don't triple like an idiot. And one triple, I hit a ball in water. The other one, I hit a ball OB. So like it wasn't 
it was just giving away strokes in that regard. But had the class, this was actually fun, uh, playing with some of my brother's friends. And we all three, we're playing at Big Springs, which is like bunker capital of Louisville. There's just bunkers <laughs> freaking everywhere. Every green is just littered with freaking bunkers. And again, I'm not a good golfer, so I don't consistently hit it well out of bunkers. But we were, we all three hit it in the same bunker, ginormous bunker on 18, short right side, if you've ever played Big Spring. They, and uh, they're all gamblers, which is always a good time. Um, just the Catholic community in Louisville. And they said, $5 closest to the pin out of the bunker, because we all had basically the same shot. And it was like, sure, sure, sure. And they said, TJ, you go first. My shot was kind of furthest away. Just went ahead, I just went ahead and made it, Scoot. What? Went ahead and made it out of the bunker. You did not. You hold out from the bunker? Yeah, sadly for a birdie. That's not, amazing. Not, not an eagle, but it was for a birdie, not an eagle. Um, but it That's was awesome. They both were just like, well, that <laughs> sucks. And then his other buddy was like, we said closest to the pin, not in the pin. I was like, oh, okay, you do have well, me there. Uh, I, you know, bet's a bet, I suppose. No, but they, they, pay, they paid up. We played a game of Wolf as well, which I, if you're familiar with the, the – hey, golfers out there, in the game of Wolf, does Wolf go first or does Wolf go last? Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I have heard it both different ways. I have played it both ways. Some would even say both of them. But we had some controversy about the actual rules of Wolf. And let me ask you this for the golfers out there. Do you all play – pushes do you play there's carryovers i guess i should say so if the if the hole is pushed do you is it just hey that's that or is the next hole do you double the points involved in in the game of wolf i i I don't think i just don't think there are set wolf rules justin i think every it's kind of like it's regional and people have their own different styles or their own different rules but if there actually is like a, a set rule of wolf rules i'd love to know it and if you're unfamiliar with the game of wolf, just if you're not a golfer, you're you're not going to care regardless. If you are a golfer, uh, you have four people. You theoretically could play with three, and one, and you rotate the wolf to each hole. And the wolf just means either you go first or last, depending on which group you play in. Uh, on Friday, we played wolf went last, which is how I normally have seen it played. And Justin, what happens is everybody will hit their ball. The wolf goes last. And after they see one player hit their drive or their approach shot on a par three, whatever it may be, they say, okay, I pick you, you're my teammate. So if somebody hits just like a bomb right down the middle of the fairway, the wolf is going to team up with them. And then you just do low ball or best ball between the two. And then, so if you birdie, I par, our team gets a birdie. If it beats their par or their bogey or whatever it is, then we both get a point. Wolf can do a lone wolf where everybody hits, they don't like what they see, and they say, I'm going to beat all three of you all. If they do that, they get three points. If they win, three points in the game is pretty significant. If you don't win, then every the other three people get a point apiece. And then you add up the score at the end. It's just a, another variety of a golf game. Hmm. We also Seems like a lot of work. It, it, it when you mix in the handicap, it actually like you do probably need to take five minutes before your round even starts to like map out handicap holes and yeah, it is a little scorekeeping for sure. 
like I, I, I'll send you individually a picture of the scorecard because it looks like a math test almost, like with how much <laughs> is written down on it. It's much easier once you know what you're doing and once you get into the rhythm of it all. But yeah, it can be kind of overwhelming and it can be a little confusing. But the fun part about it, Scoose, is you're changing teammates constantly. Like so, you you know that that adds kind of a fun aspect to a foursome of it. And uh, I tied for first, so that was always good. nice. Yeah, we had a, like we have a scratch golfer. My brother-in-law is a great golfer. Uh, he may have like a two handicap, but pretty much a scratch golfer. And like that's the cool thing about when you mix in the handicap and the game of wolf. Like him and I tied, and he had a triumphant comeback. He was in dead last at the turn, and he was by far the best golfer. Now, of course, that meant he was giving more strokes. But he ended up shooting like a 75 on the day and him and I tied for the lead at, at Wolf, which was, you know, that's that's why that game is can be fun. You mix up teams constantly. It's an individual game, but there's some strategery involved in it all. Uh, it was a good time out on the links. And I know that majority of people do not care in the slightest to hear me recap my golf round when I'm like conflicted on a 90. I should be better than that. Scoots. I need to be consistently in the 80s. You know, I, I heard a stat recently, only like, what, 15% of golfers can consistently break 100. So that puts things into perspective. We're good golfers. We're just not consistent I'm, good golfers. I can confirm I'm not a good golfer, but I do hit some good golf shots. I've, I think I've seen you play. I think, I think you're a good golfer. You got to give yourself more credit. That's very nice of you, Scoots. Uh, and then also, one more thing about the Wolf. Just a question for people that actually do know the rules. Uh, they said if you go if if wolf goes individual, so if you 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 go lone wolf, you have to you have to beat them, otherwise the other three people get a point. So a push, if you go lone wolf, is actually a loss, and the other people get the point. And they're oh, in the, yeah. and I had never played that way before. I'd always played a push is a push, no points given. I went lone wolf. I tied my three, tied your three, so it's just a push. Nobody's getting points here. They played, the Wolf has to win because you are saying, I'm taking you all on. I'm going to beat you all, and if you don't beat them, then it's actually a loss, which doesn't really make sense to me at all. But somebody else clarified that for me as well because we were definitely politely having a back and forth on which rules were the correct rules of Wolf. So send that on into the Thornton's text line. And Scooch, maybe we just dive right on into it. Let's do it. Don't know exactly. Well, we're at I'm the ready. start. We're at the start. I just don't know exactly where the start is. Okay, here we are. To be honest, I feel intern Jacob, says one texter on the Thornton's text line. This is his last semester of college, and I don't think he wants to wake up at 645 to talk Kentucky sports and shoot the poop with you gents. I feel like he's cherishing his last few days of paradise, and I don't remotely blame him for sleeping in. Why rush waking up like you're in the real world when you can still be a degenerate? I don't think he ever disagree with that at all. It's that he's the one that is making these empty promises. Well, and here's the deal. Like Jacob, usually anytime he's been on this show and we're at home, he just turns over, he rolls over in bed, turns his computer on and gets connected. And then right after he can just go right back to sleep. That's the beauty of it. So you, all you got to do is wake up for, 10 minutes for your pick segment, and then you can go right back to sleep, pal. It was a – he brought it on himself. It, it, like, he it, did. It, we, it's not like we forced him to do it. He did a great job this summer with the internship, and we did want to hear more from him. Like, I, I thought it would be good for the radio show. Not that it really matters. I mean, I, I'm, I'm self-aware, self-aware enough to, to realize, like, I, I know it doesn't really matter. 
But like, I thought it'd be a fun bit for the radio show to hear from him once a week. What's going on in Lexington? He'd say something silly or goofy, like severe wheeler stinks or something along those lines. We'd have a good laugh about it, and then we'd talk to him a week later. And then we just would keep that going until eventually uh, we never heard from him ever again. And that just so happened it was sooner than we thought it was going to be. And that's okay. <laughs> Texter, I totally agree. He should be living it up, enjoying the final few days of college. I will say, though, that like the cold reality of the real, real world's coming for you, though. And you yeah. can't stop it. You cannot. And that goes for all of you all. <laughs> Another texter on the Thornton's text line says, I just had the thought that UK Wagner could be planning the commitment before the blue white game. This will probably look dumb on Monday, but nevertheless, Oh, looks dumb on Monday. Scoots be nice, <laughs> but it does look pretty dumb. And it is swinging a miss. Swing now, a miss. I, Doesn't I, look I, dumb. I could have seen that, you know, like what a yeah. what a way to celebrate with the 606. You have that commitment break. I don't think you could publicly make that announcement like in the arena, but uh, obviously people would be talking about it. They also did show Reed Shepard on the camera like in in great detail, which uh, I think is an NCAA rule. You're not allowed to do that, but uh, it, it's not it's not a big deal regardless. It's a slap on the wrist even if it is. But yeah, they were talking about him. Um <laughs> they were they were Showing people in the stands, the commenting on Dick Gabriel did a great job. Cameron Mills, he was funny too. His broadcasting, I enjoyed it, all things considered. But sometimes he would just kind of go on these rants, and it just like basketball was going on, and you could tell Dick wanted to kind of talk about the basketball. And then Cameron Mills, at one point, gosh, I forget the exact context, so you know, I'm I'm getting this wrong, admittedly. But it was something along the lines of like, and and. And Dick, don't get me started, but I could tell you some horror stories about travel on the road when I when when I was in college. And Dick Gabriel was just like, "Yeah, well, well, then don't, then don't tell us." It was like it, it was such like an Cameron Mills wanted to tell this long story, and actually, I was kind of intrigued to listen to what it was. Not intrigued enough through two days later to remember what he was talking about, but it was something along like he was going to tell a story of his playing days life on the road or something like that and dick gabriel was just like no no we're not interested you're right don't tell it <laughs> and then he just I, I like waited for there to be like a laugh and then him to start the story and then nope they just cameron was like oh oh you really don't want me to tell it okay then i won't and they just i wish on. i wish bill walton would get the hint like that yeah no but bill's great like you just gotta let people you just gotta let people talk how are you gonna laugh or hear something silly if uh if you don't let people just go, it was a good broad. Like overall, it was a good broadcast. And maybe I was just biased after the Louisville live broadcast the night before that I was just happy <laughs> that they were showing the ball go in the basket. But yeah, I thought ultimately it was a good broadcast. I really think Scoots they needed Roush, myself, and you on the call. Oh, that would have been electric. Yeah, electric. It really would, it really would be electric. You know, it would it would it would be a really fun and be informative because like. We know basketball. Well, you and I do. Roush could make some jokes. <laughs> Boom, Roush. He knows about he knows about taking charges, though. That would be yeah. beneficial. He does. He does. Uh, Texter says on the Thornton's text line, "What a rough first segment." Content or the mic noise? That must have been a, for another show. That's true. Yeah, it wasn't that, for must, us. that yeah, it must have been for the Rutherford show. It couldn't that couldn't have been us. Uh, we did have some static issues on Friday, but those were taken care of after the first segment. Correct. A texture says, "Which condiment brand will Roush name his third child after?" That's a good text. 
I was trying to think of something clever real quick, but I had nothing. Heinz? That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, that actually made, named my kid Heinz. I may steal that route. You can't take Heinz. Fancy Mustard. I could see Roush naming his kid Fancy. Fancy Roush. I could really, see that, yeah. Really not a bad name. Drawing inspiration from Reba? I am a little disappointed if they were going to go, like, kind of, you know, with a joke name for their second kid that they didn't go with Randy. You think Francis is a joke name? Well, is that like, what you're saying? Like, like Frankie, you know? <laughs> Randy Roush. That kid is coming out of the womb with a mustache. And he is on a fast track to the WWE. <laughs> and, he, and he never has anything but a bud heavy. <laughs> Randy Roush. <laughs> that kid's a star. Oh, my gosh. I can already see, you know, he probably would be a bully, unfortunately. Or maybe, oh, yeah. but maybe he'd be the bully of the bullies. <laughs> Did the sales win this weekend, Scoots? Do you know? I have no idea. Man, Do we they care? Maybe, they maybe, Roush maybe, isn't here. They may be the worst football team in the city. <laughs> and old Spears was acting like St. X was all nervous about PRP. They took them to they, – they beat the snot out of them. Oh, did they? What was the score? It was, they had a running clock, I'm pretty sure. It was like 52 to 14 or something like that. Sheesh. It was uh, – St. X's offense had been kind of waiting to blow up, and, and they they did this weekend. They're, it seems like they're starting to play their best football. We got mail manual this week, which is kind of exciting. Nice. Be a big one. That's a sheesh. It's a big one, especially for for the Ryan boys over at Manual. We'll be rooting for them, or the Ryan boy, but the whole family is rooting for the for the Rams this weekend. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, "When my throat was all closed up." Hashtag never forget. Never forget. Your your voice does sound fine. Thanks. I I'm not. I'm still a little congested, but not nearly as much. I did take. Was it once or twice? I think I only took one allergy pill this weekend, but it, it helped. I've had like a slight cough for about a month and a half now. Um, mm. Yeah, probably not not great, but I, I feel fine. So I'm just going just gonna to keep on ignoring it. Just act like it doesn't exist. That's the adult thing to do. <laughs> just bury it deep, deep down away and act like it's not a real issue. Exactly. That's how, that's how we take care of our health. TJ, I took the ACC strategies course with Mr. Hilbert outside of school, and he was the flat-out man. What was funny is I was in a group that was full of straight geniuses, and I clearly wasn't on that type of level considering I absolutely stunk with the ACT. Working with Mr. Hilbert was great because I voiced exactly how I felt on certain problems and didn't feel remotely embarrassed, That, and that was due to how he treated his students. My brother and him would always chop it up about Kentucky sports in the hallway when he attended St. X. Mr. Hilbert is a straight-up G. Uh, yeah, he really is. Uh, he probably doesn't want every radio show to be brought up. So, Mr. Hilbert, will take a break from talking about you for a few days. But, yes, as we mentioned on Friday, Scoots, everybody remembers their favorite teacher. It, they Teachers make an impact in people's lives. And it's funny how just treating even teenagers as, like, you know, just with a little bit of maturity and respect, it kind of goes a long way. You're going to get that reciprocated more times than not. I was that it. the guy that popped up on the TV? Yeah, when I was okay. just doing the show, and I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh, that's the weirdest thing in the world. But, yeah, he does. So I guess, like, ACT testing now is not mandatory, Scoots. You know, like, when we were going to college, it was like, hey, you had to have an ACT score. and it I had didn't. To be, 
you did did you do sat then sat yeah we yeah, didn't have the, to do act though yeah one of the two though like in kentucky the places that i was applying to i didn't need an sat score i needed an act score gotcha so yeah but between the two of them now they just don't i shouldn't say they don't matter but you don't have to do them the way that it was talked about on the news story was you you can submit them so a college can see it and be like, oh, well, we like that score. Not only are we going to accept you, we're going to give you some scholarship money, but you don't. So if you have a bad score, you don't have to disclose what your score is. Does taking that again sound fun for you or no? It sounds like maybe the least fun thing a human could do. Because I, I was thinking about it last week. I was like, man, I would love to just go back, take the SAT again, just to see where I stack up versus when I was in high school. Because do you feel like you just have so much more life knowledge and just overall general knowledge no. that it would be easier? Yeah, we have more life knowledge, but we don't have more school knowledge. Like, Yeah, and we haven't a, done math in forever. From like a grammar standpoint, I'd get, I'd get crushed on that. Math, really? I'd get crushed on it. Yeah, because like while I think I'm probably I'm a better writer certainly than I was when I was 18 years old, and I think I'm a better communicator of the English language. I don't remember how to dissect a sentence anymore. Like I, I don't remember every what I don't remember all the I, I know what a pronoun is, and well, that's kind of hot in the streets right now. Pronoun, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like you know, I what, what are some of the words like a, con, a conjecting. A, you know all the the. I'm at a lot. I've I've already forgotten even what they're called. So of course yeah. on the on the test I do a bad job. Of conjunction it. is what you're looking for. Yes. And Don't you remember like, the song Conjunction Junction? What's your function? Yeah. And then didn't Family Guy make fun of it? <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. A list of conjunction words. I'm out on that. There's a bunch of <laughs> other stuff that I. I, I wouldn't remember. So I don't think I'd do very well. I took it three times. I got better each time I took it. Funny enough, the last time I took it, totally didn't matter. I was already accepted into Kentucky where I knew I was going to go. But I really had to go to the bathroom during the test. And mm. they don't allow time for that. Like, I think there is one halftime. But even then, it's kind of like you get like 10, 15 minutes or something like that. Halftime. And so, like, I was just like, rushing through this thing to get done with it as quickly as I could and uh, ended up getting my best score that day, weirdly enough. Nice. Put under the know. pressure. It, that's that's what it was. Also, I, it was at uh, Trinity, and uh, I got to use their facilities. Good time. Texter says on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. This is from Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Catching up on podcasts, why does Summerall catch so many strays from Scoots? Seems like a nice guy and a good coach, and Scoots won't even let hypotheticals happen without him getting ticked off. Do I fire a lot of strays at Summerall? I didn't realize I'm, that. Yeah, what's your issue with John Summerall? <laughs> Might have start paying attention. I, I thought I only had the one stray. Don't hold me to this. I think he's been on our show before. Not with me. I'm pretty sure he has. No, not since I've been on the show. Absolutely not. I could say that with 100% confidence. Did you just get a text message? I did. What did, what did it say? Uh, I'm not sure. None of your business. Oh, we're, we're trying to confirm high school football plans for this Friday. Oh, gotcha. Are you doing the male manual game? No, heck no. It's sectional time in Indiana. What the heck would I be doing that for? Who? Nobody. nobody say. It's Southern Indiana football Fridays, TJ, not Louisville football fridays is any southern indiana team going to win state just shoot me uh no indiana team will get no area indiana team will get out of regionals if i had to guess (laughs) that's not good no 
and I don't no, know. It's 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 a pretty down year for for teams around here. I don't know what sectionals and regionals are. Hey, Scooch, guess what? We need to go to our last break. Come on. World Let's Cup, less, less than a month away. World Cup. You know the soccer tournament they do every four years? Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> I've, I've expected a little bit more more reaction one way or another. I mean, that's that's a whole that's a long time. We got college basketball starting in two weeks. Yeah, no, that, no, that comes way first. No, no crap. But like, we're we're really in the thick of it. We're about ready we to have college basketball, and that's going to be here before we know it. And then after that happens, you're going to blink, and we're going to be like, "Wait, World Cup's going on? Mm-hmm. What the heck's this all about?" I'm pumped. Good time of the year. Yeah, you sound except pumped. for the cold. Yeah, you sound pumped. We'll come back one final break. We'll get to the Thornton's text line. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Just let you go Come Monday It'll be alright Come Monday I'll be holding you tight I spent four lonely days in a brown LA haze Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. My old man is a television repairman. Got the ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call here on Radio. Great roll call there, Scoots. That is Justin Kalen, our producer. I'm TJ Walker. Nick Roush, a regular host of this radio program, has been suspended indefinitely. He so, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, a suspension for a missed opportunity to name your kid Randy Roush. And <laughs> you, you, you know the rules here at Big X, Roush. You, Scoots, we know it as well. So uh, it's it's unfortunate, but he'll be back in time. No, he's he's raising. Their beautiful baby boy, Francis Roush, and he is uh, on daddy duty. So he'll be back when he's back. Takes as much he can take as much time as he needs, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing him. I'm, I'm sure at some point this week, yeah. even if it's not in a permanent role, he'll he he won't be able to help himself talking Kentucky and Tennessee. I mean, yeah, Tennessee week. He'll he'll be uh, he. I would imagine he's on at least one, if not multiple days this week. For sure. I agree with you. And it's a huge week, and we haven't really gotten much into Kentucky and Tennessee today, but we have all week for it. I promise you, by the end of the week, you'll probably be sick of hearing us talk about Kentucky and Tennessee. UT just absolutely dominated UT Martin, as everybody expected. Uh, Tennessee's offense, legitimately awesome. And if you're a Tennessee fan, you probably love that you were able to get that UT Martin game in that you were able to not have to sweat anything out. Hooker didn't play the second half of that game, so it was really kind of an ideal situation. But from a Kentucky standpoint, UK, you got to rest up. You didn't have to worry about playing any sort of game. And more importantly, more time to study and prepare for Tennessee. But I also like the fact that the Vols have Georgia waiting in the wings for UK. The, the that, that game will be for the East uh, as much if maybe Kentucky could make things a little interesting, but UK doesn't control their own destiny. But I like that Tennessee could potentially be overlooking UK a little bit with that with that Georgia game waiting in the wings. So we've got all week to talk about it. I 
my gut feels good about it on Monday. This is something, it's a feel thing, you know, it changes as the week goes on. But as things stand right now, as they've stood since the Mississippi State game, I, I like where Kentucky's at going into this game. I, I'll be a little surprised if it's not competitive. And I think Kentucky's going to be able to, to, to do some really nice things. So we Early line is 13. Well, I bet it at 14 last week. Um, I had to hop on it because I, I think between Georgia and Tennessee, we don't put a lot of quote-unquote pressure on Stoops. Not that he'd care anyways if we did. And we don't put like a lot of expectations. But between at least one of those games, it needs to come down to the wire, right? Scoots, UK has to have a chance yeah. in at least one of them. And I think mm-hmm. they will. I'll be surprised if we look back at the end of the season and say, well, they got housed by, by Tennessee and Georgia. Those games weren't competitive at all. I'll be surprised if that's the case. I do think if and here's and here's what's at stake, ladies and gentlemen, is if Kentucky wins one of those two games, it'll be Mark Stoops' biggest win as UK head coach. I don't think people really kind of understand what the next few weeks what's what's on the what's on the table here. So if you win at Tennessee, that's by far Stoops' best win. And that's that is, I think, without much debate, UK's best win over Tennessee and the history of the program. And then if you get Georgia, a team that Stoops hasn't beaten, hasn't been able to get that monkey off his back, you knock off the Bulldogs right before the Louisville game, momentum with the program would be at an all-time high. But wins are going to be tough because both those teams are legitimately, in my opinion, top five teams. Some people still aren't huge Tennessee believers. I don't really – I mean, they hung 52 points on Alabama. At a minimum, you have to think that their offense is one of the best in the country. Uh, But they're going to be tough games. It's, it's just unfortunate, though, because you win against Ole Miss, you win against South Carolina, Kentucky's in the top five with those two teams, and then you're rooting for a win against Tennessee this weekend, and then for them to come back, knock off Georgia next week, and then, I mean, you you could end up tying for the SEC. So that's kind of the way we thought the season was going to go. It's just unfortunate it didn't pan out that way. I'd say like 90% of my UK friends that I talk to on like a consistent basis, Scoots, have said that exact same thing that like, gosh, if you just don't blow it against Ole Miss. And I like I'm the same way. I totally agree. Kentucky gave that game away. There's really no excuse for the way that that unfolded. But they've asked me, do you think that that could have that would have changed anything for the South Carolina game? I really don't. Like, I don't think Levis would have played. I don't think if you beat Ole Miss, that means he plays. And I, I, so I think the South Carolina game was just unfortunate that you were probably going to lose to pretty much anybody on the schedule that day, with the exception of maybe Vanderbilt, maybe Missouri. And it just it ended up being a team that you probably should have beat if you were at full strength. You weren't at full strength. I don't think that one changes. So that's kind of the weird thing when you look back at the schedule. Now, if Levis had played in that game, I think it's a, I think it's a different, I think it's a different story. But I don't think he would have played in that game if they beat Ole Miss. So. It's a, but you have a, you have a chance to kind of move past that stuff. I, mm-hmm. I think you win one of those games, and yeah, you do it. You you've already that's what that's how we're going to remember the season. You win both of them, then you're you're getting back in the New Year Six talk for sure. It'd be tough to ignore, um, but I'm keeping expectations in check. But I will hold stoops to that. You got to make at least one of those games competitive. I don't even think that's asking too much. One of those games in the fourth quarter, Kentucky needs to have a chance to win. And if just Georgia has too much talent, 
I won't be happy about it, but you can realistically live with the premise of how that unfolded. If Tennessee just – if they're an amazing offense, they're playing at home, they're having their dream season, if they just end up making one last play before you can, again, won't be happy, no moral victories, blah, 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 blah. But Snoops needs to have one of these games come down to the wire. I, I think this Kentucky team's too good to – and you, you've got a, the best quarterback you've had in decades – you gotta, you gotta make it happen. One would you them, rather? Would you rather? Down the wire. Would you rather be Tennessee for the rival aspect or against Georgia because just the seem, seemingly impossible task aspect? Tennessee, Tennessee, no doubt about it. No ifs, ands, or buts. That would be. It would just be colossal. It, it, it would make a true UK football fans year probably if you go into Knoxville. You beat number three Tennessee. They're thinking national championship scoots. They're thinking college football playoffs. And in all honesty, Kentucky and Tennessee go head-to-head more than Kentucky does with Georgia in recruiting. You can make a case that maybe that's the goal is to, to get up to Georgia's level in recruiting, but it's more of a geography standpoint. I mean, Kentucky goes into Tennessee, takes guys. Tennessee will come into Kentucky and, and be competitive with dudes, um, but they also go against some of the same guys nationally from other parts of the country as well. If you beat Tennessee, you you would be able – Tennessee's still probably going to out-recruit you, but you that would be a big recruiting win too. So it would be multi-layered if you if you knocked off the balls in Knoxville. That's that's the easy choice for me. That makes sense. You know what makes sense is getting some salsaritas today. Wildly Come addictive on. chips, creamy, hot, queso. Sit out, out on one of their patios. They've got Middletown. They've got St. Matthews. Do not forget to download the Salsaritas app. We love our friends at Salsaritas. Let's get back to the Thornton's text line. A texter. I don't know exactly where we left off. Uh, does anyone love anything as much as Cameron Mills loves to talk? <laughs> I thought he did a good job overall. There were some funny moments, but I thought he. I thought it was a. Thought it was a good broadcast. I'm a big Dick Gabriel fan. TJ, do you think Roger stays with Green Bay for the foreseeable future? Said preseeable future. Is that a word? Preseeable future. Preseeable. I don't think it's a word. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think so. Especially I'm, if things don't get better. I mean, how many years does he have left? Probably not many. And he doesn't. He's looked like horrible. He, he doesn't seem like he's really even having all that much fun. No. He, did, he was. I mean, he didn't look horrible. He was horrible yesterday. He was behind yeah. on so many throws. And again, doesn't have any receiver really worth a snot. I don't. I just. I don't know. I don't, the Green Green Bay is such a frustrating organization from time to time. And I know there's people listening. It's like you've won your division nine, like twelve out of fifteen times, or it's something. It's something stupid. But they don't ever really just take that next step. They're so happy with just being competitive, and they're so scared of like a post Favre or a post Rogers era where they don't have a great quarterback and then they just stink for they're like they turn into the Lions or they turn into the Bears. So they they try so hard to just keep like hey, we're never going to really take a dip. We could lose our quarterback, but we'll still have a good offensive line, defensive line and uh, so they refuse to ever trade things away and go all in cuz they're so scared if they go all in, the after effect of that is going to be like a decade of stink. And it's such a loser mindset to have that they end up just being in like a limbo of good, but they only have one Super Bowl. I mean, they're going to, at the end, this sucks as a Packers fan. It breaks, mm-hmm. it, it breaks my little cheese heart to say this, but like 
to only come away from the Favre and Rodgers era with two Super Bowls is a joke. That's just a joke. Like, that that would be hard to do. A combined, I don't know how many seasons it will end up being when it's all said and done, but, like, a combined 20 to 25 seasons just off the top of my head, it's probably maybe even more than that, and you're coming away with just two Super Bowls and you have two of the better quarterbacks that have ever played. And I, you know, I know people want to argue about, like, where they rank, but I think most people would comfortably say both are probably top 10. Mm-hmm. So you have 25 years of top, two top 10 quarterbacks and you only have two rings to show for it. It's it's that's totally ridiculous. It's outlandish, especially Rodgers and his prime. I mean, Green Bay had good teams too. Oh, I don't need to get to that. No, I, I think I, I unless things take a turn this season, it seems like it's the curtains for this era of Green Bay. If it's not already, I mean, you lose three straight to the Giants, Chets, and Commanders. Seems like Rome's burning a little bit. Remember, remember after week one, I said they were not, they would not be okay, and you made fun of me. Then they were okay. Then they were like they looked solid after that, but they're super banged up. I didn't realize their offensive line was going to be this freaking terrible. And then Rodgers has just been bad. I mean, he's the twice back MVP. Sorry that I had a little confidence that he wasn't going to stink. <laughs> but you were right, Scoots. I was wrong. A texter says, I really hope the staff doesn't get DJ whatever his last name is from Clemson due to straight buns, and there's no doubt we could get someone better in the portal. Decision-making is extremely sus, says this texter. Sus. That's pretty hip. Yeah, it means suspect. Um, I know. I, I, totally, saying. I totally agree with the texter, though. I, I want nothing to do with DJ Ungole from Clemson. Uga Ungole, I should say. That's pretty close. I, I, no, thank you. Roush has gotten like so, there are people that suggest that it's like a done deal. It's locked up. All that's left to do is just for the seasons to end and for for it to happen. That like him and Scangarello are just so close to one another that it's already this has already been ironed out. That that talk is out there. That's real talk. I hope it's fake talk. I hope it's not the case. I do not want a quarterback that got benched at Clemson to come take over and go day to day in the sec. And you get a lot of like UK media members that really are gung ho about it. And Roush is one of them, or at least he tried to defend it. And I can't help but think that maybe it's like a possibly that they just have the scoop on it or like, you know, they know the news to be true that they kind of feel like a, they have to defend it for, from their sources and all media members would totally disagree with me saying that, but like, I bet there's probably some truth to it, but it's just, it wouldn't be a good fit. It, it wouldn't work out. And if I was wrong, I'd eat crow and admit it, but I do not imagine a scenario where he could be an average quarterback at Clemson in the ACC and then come to Kentucky and be a good quarterback. Like it just, it doesn't add up to me. I agree. Well said, well said, Scoots. I haven't. You I all, haven't. Se- I have not seen him play though, so that's why I'm. I'm staying you, quiet. You've never seen him play. A I. Game? I stay far away from Clemson this year. Yeah, just, but just bad football. He's been. He's been around. He's just not great. Like he's just not great. He misses on his throws. Um, I don't mind him making some aggressive throws because I think to be a good quarterback, you, you have to be able to fit it in some tight pockets. He, he just can't, though. Like, anytime he's aggressive, it doesn't work out for him because he's not he doesn't have a great touch. So I'm, I'm out on it. I agree with the texter wholeheartedly. U of all won last night, which means Satterfield is here to stay. Ha, 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 ha. That must really suck if I'm a U of all fan. What losers. 
Nick Coffey definitely isn't happy because he's the only one that truly gets it. <laughs> um, uh, is Nick Coffey a Satterfield hater? Seems yeah, like it. it's a the U of L is just in a tough spot. Like it, it does kind of feel like everybody's already mentally moved on from Satterfield. But if he keeps winning, even if it is ugly, if he keeps winning, what you know, what can you do? So like they're happy that they're winning, but then they're also kind of nervous about what maybe this means for the future. But he just keeps winning until he doesn't. A texter says, the only way my weekend would have been better with Green Bay and Tampa Bay losing if Tennessee had lost and I had shot a 74 instead of a 77 at UK club. Have a great show, UK Pest. Well, I don't I'd think take a 74 gonna, or 77. I don't think Tennessee was going to lose to UT Martin. <laughs> UK Pest, you, you seem like the type that may fib about your golf score. A texter says, as probably your only Astros fans listener, I'd like to take this time to say, suck it, Yankees and all their fans. We want Houston, they said. We'll hold those brooms, you bums. Let's go, Shros. That's a good old-fashioned sweep, Scoots. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. A texter says, I used to be a DJ back in my high school days and went to WKU for broadcasting. Sign me up for scooters, broad, broad, or board training, sorry. <laughs> We could maybe do broad training, too. I don't know. It's a very broad board training. <laughs> Come on we'll in, be- Keith. I'll I'll teach you the board. Yeah. You can be my backup. Yeah, we just need somebody. If Scoots ever can't make it, we just need somebody that can come in, take care of business. Texture says, podcast sounds awful. Sounds like you're under Niagara Falls. Just not the first second. Not a place you'd want to be. Uh, very deadly under Niagara Falls. But, yeah, we got it fixed. We got it figured out. Uh, what do we got here? You read this next one here, Scoots. Uh, let me scroll down here. It's the first <laughs> one from today. I don't know if we should. Okay. It's a picture of a guy wearing a t-shirt that says, if you ain't white, you ain't right. And the texture says, white team leaving the gym after the scrimmage over the weekend. <laughs> I don't think they were wearing those shirts. Not 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 a shirt we can condone here on Kentucky no. Roll Call. But the white, the, the, as Dick Gabriel said, the whites came away victorious uh, against <laughs> the Blues. We'll start, we'll start getting revved up for B-ball after the ball game. It's ball week. Need Rodriguez to touch the ball 33 times this Saturday. And Justin, don't let anyone tell you you aren't talent. The come on is the staple of the show and on par with suck it, Cornwallis. That's from Nate. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you. We know you're the talent, Scoots. <laughs> And Nate also agree that Rodriguez, you, I don't think you can give him the ball enough on Saturday. No. You're still going to have to take a few shots here and there, obviously, to see if you can take the top off Tennessee's defense because they're probably going to be loading up against loading up the box and coming after you. So you, you are going to have to hit a few deep throws, but it needs to be a healthy dose of C-Rod. You know, I was thinking yesterday, TJ, both of your teams should have the same mindset. Just like Kentucky, give the ball to C-Rod as much as you can. Packers should be the same way. Just let Aaron Jones take the ball. Oh, they tried it. They tried running the ball, and then they would have like a rushing play for a loss of five. I mean, it's hard to imagine. I'm also out on the floor, but I've I've been out on him since he decided to kick a field goal against the Buccaneers <laughs> in the NFC Championship game and the dumbest coaching decision in the history of football. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I, got, I don't want to talk about Green Bay anymore. A texter with some fun wordplay says, I do hope Oscar's injury isn't too severe. Wheeler. And they spelled severe as if uh, as the name of the point guard. How about that? A lot That's of fun. That's the joke. With words. 
John here. Good morning to everyone. Well, now baseball is one less event I have to watch. Too bad for my Yankees. Man, Adu has to get minutes if he keeps up this momentum going. TJ, serious question. How concerned are you that the Packers may not make the playoffs? I'm pretty concerned. Pretty concerned. I think them and the Chiefs will and need to get make some moves before the trade deadline. Do you guys agree? We'll got to go talk to you later. Yeah, if they do something big on the trade deadline, then I reserve the right to change my opinion. Just the history of the Packers seem to suggest uh, they almost certainly will not. Packers need to make trade. Packers need to make trades. But John, you are crazy if you think the Chiefs need Chiefs need to make some trades. Pa- Gosh, the Packers just need some healthy offensive linemen. Obviously, they need another good receiver. Would you rather have – who do you think would be better for Rodgers? Claypool or Judy? Uh, Judy, for sure. I had mixed, re- had mixed reactions from my fantasy league when I asked them that question. At, Claypool's uh, just not consistent. And I mean, I guess Judy's not really either, but I don't know. He could, he could probably make it work with either of those guys. No, he, he, can have, either, he can have Claypool. Either one would be great. I've just heard both mentioned – uh, I think I'd probably lean Claypool. Just I think that's a better fit for Rodgers, but he also could take you somebody that could take the top off of defense, but mm-hmm. regardless. Some over-unders I just made up. Cason Wallace over under 35.5% from three. I'd say under. I'll take over. So 36% from three for Cason Wallace or yep. – 35%. I think it'll be 35% or under. Um, if it's 36% or over, that's going to be awesome. I, I hope I hope it is. CJ Frederick over under 16 and a half minutes per game under. Ooh, that's a good line though. Yeah, I'll take under as well. That is a good line. I wish we would have spent more time on this. Oscar over under 13 rebounds a game under. Over. Ooh. Jacob Toppin over under 10 and a half points per game. Over. I'll go under, but very close. Really? Like I, I could like see him averaging like 10.2 or like 10, but I'll, I'll take the under. Yeah, I don't think it'll be 11. I mean, I know, again, it could technically be 10.6 and it would be the over. But yeah, I, I think he'll have some games where he just has like four, six points. And I think his high scoring games are going to be like 18. I don't think he'll have too many games over 20 points. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, gosh, the, all those are good. Way to go, Tess. They are good, I'm yeah. I'm going to copy and paste that. <laughs> I got to write that because we need to revisit that. That's good. Those are great numbers. I think all of them are close. They are. Uh, yeah. But I, I feel, I guess the Oscar under 13 rebounds, I feel solid about. Frederick under 16 and a half minutes, assuming there's not other injuries, I feel pretty solid about. Wallace from three, again, you know, if it's over 30, if it's 36% or more, that's going to be awesome. A texter says, Wolf goes last, a push hole carries over to the next. Wolf going alone has to win outright, at least the way we typically play. Okay, so again, interesting, kind of breaking away a little bit from what our group had heard. Wolf Wolf goes last. The concept of Wolf going first, I think it's kind of fun too, though. Just like you hit it, and if you like your drive, you just say, Suck it. I'm taking on you three. Let's see how you all do. But either way, whatever. And then a push hole carries over the next. I agree with that. That's the way it should be. And you get more points that way. Like our final score was like seven to seven to five to six. So Hmm. it wasn't great. A texter says, Wolf going alone. Oh, we got that one. Scoots, I almost spit out my breakfast laughing at Randy Roush going to WWE. (laughs) He would certainly be a wrestler. First thing that came to my head. 
that was a great astute point. Scoops. <laughs> a texter says HBO not filming Hot D season two immediately after season one is entertainment malpractice. Two years is too damn long to wait. I thought it was going to be out next. I thought it was going to be out like next August again. Like they were going to do it just during football season again. That's not the case. Why don't you send me a link on the text line there, buddy? Uh, good season finale. I, I, I've actually thought it was going to be like a little bit better, if we're going to be honest. But oh, it's over? Yeah, the season one's over. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was quick. Sheesh. Ten weeks. Time flies when you're having fun. But uh, Texter, I, I had not heard that. They're not, so we won't have season two for two years. That's wild. A Texter says, pre-seeable. Trevor is up early this morning. Randy Roush would guarantee you a double-double in Alcoholic Anonymous League. <laughs> LOL, frustrated with the Packers. Try being a Browns fan. I No, I, I get it. I get it. But, like, at the end of the day, though, if you're not winning Super Bowls, then what are you doing? So, yes, it's fun to be in the playoffs, but I promise you uh, pretty much every single one of those NFC Championship games was not fun. So, it all comes back around, I guess, one way or another. If DJ makes bad decision and throws now, stare down a SEC front seven. If Levis had the time in the pocket DJ gets, he'd have a 90% completion rate. It's pretty good. Yeah, I do feel he, he's just not a great quarterback. Um, you don't need somebody that didn't, quote unquote, didn't work out at Clemson to come take over things in the SEC. I, I just I don't see how that would be a recipe for success. And Roush was quick to be like, he'll have better receivers at UK. That's fine, but if he's overthrowing bad receivers at Clemson, he's going to overthrow good receivers at UK. Maybe they could help him out more, sure. I understand that, but no, I'm out. Find somebody else. Uh, really, I mean, you, you certainly would have to have better options. Okay. We're out of time? Anything we missed, Scoots? I don't think so. Who do you like in the old Monday night football game tonight? I, uh, I like cover. I like my eyelids to win out in this matchup because I'm not going to be watching because it's horrible. Wow. Patriots and Bears, good grief. Disrespect to Zappy. Disrespect to everybody playing in that game. But give me the Bears. I, I, oh, I, Bears. I think the Patriots win, but I think eight points is too much. Um, yeah. And also, you know, solid value on the Bears' money line for what I think will probably end up being a pretty close game. All right, well, enjoy it all the same. We will be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Remember to go to ShadyRays.com for the best sunglasses in the land and use promo code BIGX for 25% off. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Good morning, Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Tuesday.